the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Matthew, the 16th chapter, starting at verse 21. Dear ones, notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from you, Lord, this shall not be unto you. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me. For you savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? On today, dear ones, I would like for us to uh, move away from our study of the book of Daniel for a time, for a few moments, to address another topic that the Lord impressed upon me that we need to examine and that we need to discuss And so on today, I would like for us to focus our attention on the verses of Scripture that we have found for us here in the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 21 to 26. And the topic that I would like for us to examine on today, dear ones, is this. What happens when the Lord says something that you don't like? What happens when the Lord says something that you don't like? My friends, I think I could say with a fair amount of certainty and with a fair amount of assurance that all of us here on today have had the experience in our lives of at least one time in our lives where somebody has said something to you that you did not like and that you did not appreciate. 
I think pretty much universally that statement could be made for everybody. It could have been a friend that said something to you that you didn't appreciate. It could have been a coworker that says something to you that you didn't like. It could have been a parent that said something that you weren't really appreciative of. Maybe it was a sibling, a brother or a sister. But somebody at some point in time in your life has said something to you that you didn't like what they say and you did not appreciate them saying it to you. And you did not appreciate them saying it to you in that way. Now, the type of responses that we gave to that person concerning what they have said to us have ranged. There's a variety of different ranges. For some dear ones, when somebody says something to you, you exploded on them. You just went off. You just lost it. You just exploded on them and you started yelling and fussing at them and you just let them know how you feel. You didn't try to bottle up nothing. You just let it all out. For others, dear ones, you were a little bit more calm about it. You were calm and you calmly and, co- and collectively, you let them know in a respectful way that you did not really like what they said nor appreciate how they responded to you. You were able to hold it together and calmly let that person know, I really didn't appreciate you saying that. And I really didn't appreciate you treating me in that way or responding to me in that way. Others, dear ones, when somebody said something to you that you didn't like, um, you became sarcastic. And you just got mean. You just got this sarcastic and mean toward the person. You know, everything that they would say from that point forward, there was some type of sarcastic bite at the end of it. You'd respond back to them, but there was always some kind of bite to it. There was something there that, that, that was sarcastic or in mean-spirited. You were intending to try and insult that person in a kind of a backdoor way. For others, dear ones, when somebody says something to you that you didn't like, you didn't respond back at all. You just shut down. You just shut down completely. Everything just shut down. All conversation shut down. All dialogue shut down. Everything shut down. And the best that person could get from you from that point forward was simply you just staring at them with a mean look on your face. No expression, just a mean look. That's all they can get. You know, for the rest of the day, that was it. How you doing? Everything okay? You hungry? I'm going to give me something to eat. You want something? That's it. Amen. You just shut it down. Amen. I know I'm not the only person in here that had somebody say something you didn't like. And you responded back to that person in a variety of ways. At, other, at some points in my life, dear ones, I just went off on some folks. Just, just let them have it. Just went, went there. Other times, I just shut down. I said, I ain't, I ain't got nothing to say to you no more. Right. I'm done talking. I'm, I'm done talking. I'm done talking at least talking to you. And so... But it's important for us to take note of how we respond in those types of situations because, dear ones, how we respond in those situations says a lot to us about a lot of different things like the level of maturity that we have. How you respond in those situations says a lot about the level of maturity that you have. It also says a lot about the level of self-awareness that you have. How self-aware are you? Do you know, you know, if you're ready to go off, do you know you're ready to go off? 
Are you ready to you know, put a cap on that and hold it in? Or are you able to just be and say, you know what, I'll talk to you about it at a later time because now is not the time for me to address this. How self-aware are you? It also says a lot about our understanding of our own value and our own worth. Sometimes, dear ones, we go off on people because we feel insulted because for some reason in our mind, we're thinking, you don't understand who I am or, or what value I have. And so you feel like you need to justify your value or justify your worth to that person. And so you go off on them, but re- in reality, you don't have to worry about whether they value you or not because God values you and God says you're worthy. So whether you think I'm worthy or not makes no difference because you ain't bigger than God. Somebody say amen. Lord have mercy. And uh, it also says a lot about our wisdom and our ability to restrain ourselves. The, the level of wisdom that we have and the level of restraint that we're able to express and utilize in our own lives. So how we respond when somebody says something that we don't like or that we don't appreciate, there's a lot that we need to discuss about that. But that's a topic for another day. We, we, don't, we, we can't get into that right now. That's a topic for another time. But for today, dear ones, I just want to ask the question, because if we respond to people in a variety of different ways when they say, when they say something to us that we don't like, how do you respond to God when he says something to you that you don't like? If we respond to people like this, we get quiet, we explode, we just stare. If we do that kind of stuff to people... Do you do the same kind of things to the Lord when he says something to you that you don't like? Do you just get quiet on him? Don't want to talk to him no more? Do do you just explode on him? Well, that that ain't right. That that, that shouldn't happen. I don't agree with that. Do you explode on God? How do you handle it when the Lord says something that you don't like? Now, dear ones, Before we can go too much farther into this discussion, we first must accept the unavoidable fact and the undeniable reality that the Lord can, does, and at times will say stuff that you will not like and you will not appreciate and you will not agree with. We must deal with the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is that at times, God's going to say stuff to you that you may not want to hear and you may not want to agree with and you may just get downright upset about. But what do you do at those times and how do you handle it? Now, for those of you that are saying, well, no, no, the Lord will never say anything that I don't agree with. All right. Hold your finger here in Matthew and turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. I'm going to read just a few verses of scripture from the 55th chapter of the book of Isaiah. I'm going to start reading at verse 6 of Isaiah 55. Dear ones, notice, if you will, what the Lord himself says. Isaiah 55 and 6, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Here we go. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Now, now, 
Lord have mercy. The text says, the Lord says, number one, we got to understand something. The way I think is not the way you think. And the way you act is not how I act. Notice the text. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You don't think the way I think. But then he goes on to say, he switches it around and he says, now also your ways are not like my ways. You don't think like me and I don't act like you. Amen. Lord have mercy. God says, you don't think like me and I don't act like you. So that whole thing of you be- believing in your mind that I'm acting in the way that God acts, you may want to check that. You may want to check that. Well, this is what God would do. How do you know that? You sure? This is how God feels about it. Are you sure? I want to check the text. The Bible says something different. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Now, now, Lord, have mercy. The text says, the Lord says, number one, we got to understand something. The way I think is not the way you think. And the way you act is not how I act. Notice the text. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You don't think the way I think. But then he goes on to say, he switches it around and he says, Now, also, your ways are not like my ways. You don't think like me and I don't act like you. Lord have mercy. God says, you don't think like me and I don't act like you. So that whole thing of you believing in your mind that I'm acting in the way that God acts, you may want to check that. You may want to check that. Well, this is what God would do. How do you know that? You sure? This is how God feels about it. Are you sure? I want to check the text. The Bible says something different. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Notice the text. Verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, the last time I checked, They have been able to measure the distance from the earth to the moon. They have been able to measure the distance from the earth to the sun. They have been able to to measure the distance from the earth to Mars. 
How much distance is between the earth and heaven? Nobody knows that. It's a, it's a distance that cannot be measured. It's a distance that nobody can calculate. God says, as far as the heavens are above the earth, that is how high my thoughts are above your thoughts. So, dear ones, the undeniable reality is at some point in time, because God doesn't think like we think and we don't act like he acts, at some point in time, he's going to say something that we ain't going to agree with. And we're not going to appreciate. And we're not going to like. How do you handle it? Now, it would be nice if we were all able to say honestly and truthfully when those times occur, when the Lord says something that we don't like, that we just simply bow our heads before the Lord and say, Oh, Lord God, your will be done. I am just your humble servant. So I say yes to your will and yes to your ways. That would be nice. That would be real good. But you'd be lying like be lying like a rug. Just, just, if you just did, oh Lord, your will be done. I'm just your humble servant. Whatever your will is, Lord, have your way in my life. Have your way in my heart. Have your way in my soul. If you could do that, 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 that's wonderful. If that's you. If you could do that honestly and truthfully, that'd be fantastic. But dear ones, I'm hoping on today that I could preach and talk to a few folk that are going to be real. I'm hoping today that I could talk to some folk that are going to be real. And dear ones, if you are anything like me, before I, have, before I was able to get to the place when the Lord says something to me that I really didn't like or I didn't appreciate or I, did, I, 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 you know, I didn't agree with, before I was able to get to, yes, Lord, there were some other things I said to the Lord. Things like, why? Are you sure? That's not fair. No. I don't agree with that. Why? You can't make me do that. Okay, you can make me do that, but please don't make me do that. That's not fair. Why? So-and-so didn't have to do it, so why do I have to do it? That's too much. I don't think it needs to go that far. I don't think it should be done that way. Are you sure? That's not fair. Why? Otherwise. And that's not fair. Keeps coming back up. That's not fair. Why? Why? Are you sure? Why? That's not fair. It, it, it's, so so we, the, the, there's this dialogue that takes place between yourself and the Lord because you are trying to get him to change his mind. But the reality of it is, dear ones, God doesn't need to change his mind. We need to change our minds. We need to change our minds. And so how a person responds to the Lord can vary. And I want for us to look at an example in the text of scripture that we have before us in Matthew where the Lord says something that one of his disciples didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. One of his disciples had a problem with. And we want to see how the Lord handled that. And we want to see what we can learn from what we see taking place in the text of scripture. Now, dear ones, as we begin to look at our text, notice what it says to us. Verse 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, what is happening here, dear ones, in our text is Jesus has just asked his disciples the question, whom do men say that I am? Amen. 
he's just got done asking them the question to which they gave him a number of responses of what people were saying about Jesus at that particular time. Some were saying that Jesus was John the Baptist that was resurrected. Others were saying that he was Elijah the prophet now and who has come back to the earth because Elijah went up in a chariot of fire and they were saying that he Jesus was Elijah that has come back to the earth. Others were saying that Jesus was one of the major prophets like Jeremiah was. And so there were a number of things that people were saying about Jesus at this particular time to which Jesus asked his disciples a more personal question. He personalizes it because he, in essence, says to them, "Okay, that's what everybody else is saying. But who do you say that I am? I hear you telling me what everybody else is saying about me. But what do you say about me? In other words, more directly, who am I to you? Who is Jesus to you? To which Peter makes the profound declaration of faith, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, dear ones, it should be noted that as we look at the text of scripture, all the things that they were saying about Jesus, that he was John the Baptist or he was Elijah the prophet or, or like Jeremiah, all those things were complimentary. All those things were respectful. All those things were, 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 were favorable that they were saying about Jesus. Respectful, favorable, complimentary, but they were all wrong. Amen. They were all wrong. And what this helps us to see, dear ones, is that just because a person says nice things about the Lord does not mean that they know the Lord or that they know who the Lord is. You can say nice things about Jesus. That doesn't mean you know him. You can say favorable things about Jesus. That doesn't mean you have a relationship with him. And so and so we see this taking place, but it is significant for us to notice that in the text, it says it starts off in verse 21 from that time forth. That statement is there from that time forth, because dear ones, it is it is with this interaction that Jesus has with his disciples that marks a definite change in the tenor, in the type and the tone of the instruction that Jesus would now be giving to his disciples. Because prior to this, Jesus had been teaching them and his primarily his primary focus of his teaching at the prior to this had been on helping them to understand who he was and what he had come to do and helping them to understand the principles that guide and govern the kingdom of heaven. So he would say things like the kingdom of heaven is like this or the kingdom of heaven is like that principles that would guide and govern the kingdom of heaven jesus tried to help them to understand those things but from this point forward his instruction and his teaching to his disciples it began to change in the tenor and tone of it because now he began to teach and center on things like what was about to happen to him How he was going to go to the cross, how he would be crucified, how the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, how they were going to treat him. His teaching began to center on how they would respond to all that was going to happen to him. He tells them specifically, uh, they're going to strike the shepherd and the sheep are going to scatter. They're going to come for me and all of you are going to abandon me. Jesus would begin to tell them that and help them try to help them understand that. And then he also began to center all of his teaching on the eventual outcome that would be produced because of all that he was about to go through. He, the, the eventual outcome being the redemption of humanity. Amen. 
And so we see all this taking place, but dear ones, I need for us to take note of the remarkable thing that happens in the text. Because notice it says, verse 22, it says, Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from you, Lord, this shall not be unto you. I need for us to take note of the remarkable thing that happens in the text. Because Peter, the text tells us, Peter, in response to what the Lord has just said to them, that Peter's reaction to it is he pulls Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him concerning what it is that he has just said. The text tells us Peter pulled him aside and began to rebuke him. And so what you have here is a situation where the one who is created is rebuking the one who created him. You have a situation here, dear ones, where the clay is telling the potter, you are wrong. You have a situation where the one who is formed is now rebuking the one who has formed him. Hello dear ones, this is Pastor Michael Fields, and here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.